Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com When it comes down to it, what are we at our core? We are North American Waterfowl. Hello and welcome to another episode of the North American Waterfowler Podcast. My name is Elliot and I really appreciate you tuning in to the podcast. We are recording this December the 11th and I was just thinking about this today is we're definitely into late season. I think that we're transitioning from middle to late and it's starting to the point where some seasons are shutting down. Um, I'm seeing some pictures of, oh, this was my last duck hunt up north. And and for me here in the Central Flyway, I still have quite a bit of time left. We'll be duck hunting until the end of January. Goose hunting, I don't know if I'll goose hunt. Sometimes I goose hunt in February. We have it open until middle, middle of February. And then we'll do a little bit of snow goose hunting um, into March. And But it's to the point is my main concern, the main thing I love is waterfowl, is duck hunting. And so I feel like, I'm starting, I can see the finish line uh, at the end of this duck hunting season. It's right there, and I'm starting to see it. So I definitely feel like we have phased into late season. Um, Today, I have on with me Will. He is a patron, and he was the winner of once a month. I spin a wheel with everyone's name who's over on Patreon, and whoever comes up comes and joins me here on the podcast, on the live stream so we're going to talk to Will in just a second. He is a hunter out in Arizona, and I love talking to people in that area because it is so foreign to me, and I always have so many questions because I just can't imagine, you know, I've never been to Arizona. Actually, I have been to Arizona. I was in um, Phoenix one time, but it just doesn't seem like a waterfowl type of place, but I hear good things about it, so it'll be really fun to talk to him and, and see, kind of explore his hunting background and what his current hunting career is and, and and how he got into it. So that will be a really, really fun. If you want a chance to be on the podcast, go over to patreon.com slash freelance duck hunting, where we have a lot of these live streams where you can come and watch the video feed, comment and interact. It's a really fun community. We're still having people um, sign up more and more. In fact, this year is a little different in the past. When we have the hunt giveaway, we have a bit of a drop off of, of patrons after the giveaway but this year it's actually been a little bit different where we've continued to grow and so we've got a good thing going here at patreon so feel free to come on over and check it out lots of good content over here before i bring will on um, i do want to remind you that it's not too late to pick up some christmas stuff or just just for duck hunting needs final approach is um waterfowl everything they're owned and operated by the rogers guys they've got decoys blinds bags um the i just released a video today which i don't know um if you guys listen and have seen that or not but we use the final approach a-frame stand-up blind i keep forgetting they want me to call it a stand-up blind stand-up blind and for the first time this year and it is a fantastic products if you want to check that out go to my latest video we i actually hunted with five other guys it was me jake aiden and the patron um hunt winners michael and his friend stetson and alex dupree is also 
um, from Patreon. So we had six of us out there and it was an awesome hunt. That, that was the first day. Second day is when we used the stand up blind, but uh, final approach has a lot of just fantastic waterfowl gear, fabrand.com. And that code is FDH10 for 10% off. And then also the motion ducks, the spreader system. And since I got my new one in, I had always just used the four duck, um, but now I've got the ultimate. So I've been putting that together. I've used that on the last three or four hunts, and it is the best jerk rig that there has ever been as far as ease of getting it out, how it looks in the water. So check that out. Motion duck. Again, that is FDH 10 as well for 10% off. And as always, on X hunt, you need to have that app to get everything that you can out of your waterfowling and be the best as, as you can um, as far as waterfowl hunting. So please, it really helps if you support the partners, um, helps what I'm doing here. So enough of that. It is now time to go ahead and get Will on here. And we are just going to, this is a non-scripted conversation where we're just going to talk about waterfowl hunting. And when you get around North American waterfowlers, it is very, very easy just to talk about waterfowl hunting because we love it so much and it comes very, very naturally. So let's go ahead and get Will on here right now. How's it going, buddy? Good. Having a good day today? Today is a good day. What does a normal day for you look like? What, what, what do you do um, for an occupation? I own and operate an aquarium maintenance company. Really? Yeah. Tell me more about that. Um, large like huge huge aquarium i'm thinking i can't think of like small aquariums huge aquariums all sizes i do them all anybody that wants to give me money i'm there so you go into people's homes, homes businesses and- uh anything sometimes i've in done ponds stuff like that too you do you set them up or do you maintain them mostly maintain now the setting up days were real big like back in like 2000 and five 2006 when people had like you know money before the recession <laughs> then okay. lost a few you know people along the way because they would lose their houses and their tanks but we made it through uh we started our business in 2006 and we're still going um it's just my business partner and i we go out we drive in a van probably do 160 miles a day clean 10 12 tanks a day and it's I'm my own boss, so it's great. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Yeah. That everyone wishes they could be. Actually, my my twenty year old son just said this to me two days ago. He said, "You know, I would much rather." He's in college now, and he's going for like computer science. Um, and he said, "I really want to have a boss." He's like, "I don't want to be an entrepreneur because I feel like." that I will never feel like I'm done. I will feel like if I have my own business, I will feel like I always should be doing something. I want a job where at the end of the day, I'm like, tick, I did my job and I don't have to (laughs) worry about it. And that was foreign to me because like everything I'm trying to do is to get, is to get away from clocking in. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be a slave to someone else's schedule. You know, I want to be like, I could do what I want to do, but it was just interesting that he said that. Uh, what, what are your thoughts about, being your own boss versus because I can see what he's saying. He's like, I don't want to just, because if you do have your own business, I'm like a lot of people that, that work 80 hours a week and I mean, it like consumes them and they can't turn it off. How, how, what experiences have you had with that? Well, I've, I've done the 80 hours a week grinded, you know, just, you know, for the first probably four years, we were like, you know, eating ramen and barely getting uh-huh. by, but you know, we built our business. Um, I'm, me personally, like I'm really like stand behind my self and what I do and the product I give to my clients. And it's important to me to be loyal to them and give them a good service. And I think that's probably why I've been in business for so long. Um, but it's also a downfall because I have this huge trust issues when I get employees. I'm afraid they're not going to do what I would do when I'm there. So it's, we've had employees in the past and it's just hard for me to like hand it over and be like, yeah, you're, you're, you're taking what I created and I'm trusting you to like, you know, maintain this. So it's just my business partner and I, so it's kind of hard taking a day off. Like, but 
we've worked it out where like, you know, if we need to take a day off, you'll, you know, we just write it on a list and we just owe each other days or we have, if you're sick, you just don't come to work. And it, our job is not that hard. You know, we can, we can handle it one person at a time. It just goes a lot faster with two. So right. I would love after being my boss for 17 years, I would love like all my friends have corporate jobs. They get paid vacations. They get bonuses. <laughs> they get, they get all this cool stuff. You know, I have a friend who just like plays Xbox all day while he just types on his computer. <laughs> And then, <laughs> but you know, I do have the luxury of, I have every Friday off. So I get to go hunt on Fridays, um, when most people are still at work. Um, I, I'm usually home by noon. <laughs> I leave at eight and I'm home by noon. So wow. my life could be, that's pretty yeah, great. My life could be a lot harder than it is. And I really can't complain. So, Yeah. I think the thing about like starting up your own thing is the dreams of what it could develop into. Definitely had those dreams. <laughs> like I, in in my life, um, I spent, I don't know, 15, 18 years in education where my salary was my salary. Mm -hmm. And that's just what it was. I knew what it was. I could look at the progressive pay scale. It paid whatever I needed it to pay. But then as I kind of started to, grow my own thing it's like having that the dreams of if this just happens if that just happens you could be talking more financial um freedoms and 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 my wife is a children's book illustrator so she has her own business too which is really taken off and so having that like goal of working towards something and the dreams even whether they come true or not it's like i've lived both of those and i love i love having the doing what I'm loving to do and building towards a dream mm -hmm. versus here's my job every day, know what to expect. And so I don't know. It's, it's kind of interesting. Interesting. Let me, I, we won't stay too long on this, but I, I find the, this, your job really interesting. Um, so what is the largest aquarium that, that you've serviced? Um, at the moment, I think it's about 900 gallons. I don't have to get in it. Although I have been inside of it. <laughs> Um, it's really, so how, for, for those of us that don't know, like how tall would that glass be It's on it, on something like that? once they start getting like over two, 300 gallons, they'd be, you, you make them out of acrylic and mm -hmm. it's real, real thick acrylic. Um, this one's about, um, I would say it's six feet tall and it's okay. probably 15 feet long and oh, okay. three feet wide. That's huge. Yeah. It's huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What what kind of fish would you have in in something like that? They have all sorts of saltwater fish in there. Um, big ones, yeah, big one. They got some some groupers, tangs, uh, clownfish, puffers, nice triggerfish, all sorts of stuff. They have a big cowfish. Yeah, how, how do you clean them? Do you, what kind of cleaning maintenance does a, an aquarium that big need? So I'm at this one once a week. I do a twenty percent water change over the month. So I break that out into the, to the weeks. So we're not just doing some giant ordeal every time. Um, so my business partner usually does a water change. I have a little magnet with a brush on the inside and, you know, on the outside. So I can just go clean the glass. Um, so you go down onto the inside with it? Yeah. And I can stand on the outside okay. and clean it with a piece on the inside. Saves a lot oh. of time. The only problem is it's a it like goes up. It goes up over the top and down. So like I, that? it's two different pieces. One piece goes inside and then the other piece, it's a magnet. So it connects on the, on the oh, acrylic okay. and I just use it like, like this real carefully. Cause it's acrylic. If you get a rock or something in there, you're, you're uh -huh. going to scratch it. And then that's a whole ordeal. So we try to be real careful. Um, but that's usually how we, we handle all the tanks. Like we just tag team it. Like, We'll clean a fish tank for someone first time and it'll be 20 minutes. And they're like, Whoa, that takes me five hours. <laughs> I'm like, well, there's a reason I'm, yeah. I'm here and you're paying me money because I'm good at yeah. this. And with 20 years experience, I should be doing it fast. <laughs> so, well, and you know, I imagine this is the difficulty of it. Cause I heard someone talking about this concept. It's like, you probably get penalized for being good and efficient. I do. Uh, yeah. Because are you hourly? No, no, we're, we're like, well, no, we will do hourly for like um, 
emergency call or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, we just set a price based on where they are located, how big their tank is and if it's salt or fresh water. Um, but you know, we have a pretty like planned out route that we do Monday through Thursday. We break it out into sections over the, over the Valley and we just throw them in there, you know, Hey, we can get you on this day. And, but if it's like, there's a leak or something, what we hit the hourly and then like it starts yeah. when we leave the house and then once, once we're done. So See, a lot of times people that have acquired such a skill and they're so good at it, they get penalized Oh, I've, because yeah. either you're so fast that people are like, I can't believe we're paying you X amount when you only spent 20 minutes and you're like, what are you, are you valuing the job? Are you valuing how much time I spent on the job? Mm-hmm. And people don't understand that concept of like quick if it's done well and right it's like you've worked your ass off to get to the point where yeah. you can do it in 20 minutes correct right i've had I had a doctor once and he was like wow you guys just made a hundred dollars in five minutes and i said look at you <laughs> like you're a doctor you're you're gonna go talk <laughs> yeah. to some guy for three minutes and and make 150 bucks you know like <laughs> so it's right. we're no different we're just we're just seen as manual labor because you know we come in with our tools and we're doing a, a, yeah. a service, you know, so it usually people are cool because most of my customers are just regular people like you and I, and they pay their bills yeah. on time. The corporations are the ones that they take 30 days before they even process the payment. And they're going to, mm-hmm. they're going to mail you a check and all this stuff. So, but it all works out in the end and I'm happy. <laughs> Do you find it seems like the tide is turning like in the eighties and nineties, if you didn't have, and I'm not saying you don't have a college degree, but if you didn't have like a college degree and you were like in a welder, electrician, plumber, you were, it was kind of like you were less than a little bit. Yeah. It was more. Yeah. And now it seems like tides are turning a little bit. The people understand, like, it's almost like, Oh, why get a college degree now when you can go out and without, a, without the debt, make a ton of money doing those types of things. So I do not have a college degree. Every single one of my friends, well, I say every single, most of them all have college degrees. None of them work in their field uh, or, you know, their, their major, none of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like they got the degree, but that just kind of gets you, Oh, this looks like you went to college. So, okay. You know how to do Microsoft Excel right. and word. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> instead of saying you got the degree, you should have said you got the debt. Yeah, exactly. And that's the other thing. Yeah, they're all paying off their student loans and stuff for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And yeah, I have you know I have nothing against college. It just was not like I could not focus. Um, all right. I wanted to do was be out skateboarding with my friends. That yeah, wasn't so for I, you. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, with my kids and my and my students being in education, I, I not everyone should go to college. You should only go to college if you have a specific goal: lawyer, doctor, teacher. You know, I mean, there are certain things that you ha- if you want to do, you have to go to college. Yeah. But if you're just going for like a four year psych degree or or whatever, it's like it just needs to be thoughtfully done. Where before, even like seven years ago, it, the whole goal of education was it. All kids are prepared to go into college. All kids. All it just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it was I went to one one year of community college. And I did mm-hmm. I did really well. Um but I I just didn't want to be there. Like I just didn't want to be there. Yeah. Like had I yeah. had enough of learning, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's transition into waterfowl hunting. Um Give us just your overview of yourself in, in not just waterfowl, but just outdoors, being an outdoors. When I see you've got mounts in the background, a cinnamon teal, but it looks like you're definitely into waterfowl hunting. I assume that you would be seeing how you follow um, this channel, but just from the time that you were born on, how did you get into the outdoors? What journey did that take you on? Um, so I grew up in Pennsylvania. Um, my uncle, uh, took me under his wing and kind of showed me how to hunt. Uh, my grandfather had property um, up in Palmerton, Pennsylvania. It's a little mountain town. And we used to shoot deer on his property, a uh, big cornfield at the bottom of the acres. And they, my dad and uncles had a little little deer 
shack set up. You just go down there, pop a deer and bring it back to the barn and, you know, dress it. And that was like my introduction. I love being outside. Uh, it was 17 acres. Um, when I was my, my son's five, when I was his age, I used to walk around the property with a pellet gun shooting squirrels. Mm-hmm. My grandmother would make squirrel stew. What, what, what age were you when you were doing that? Five. <laughs> now, were you by yourself oh, yeah. out doing that? Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Just out walking around. Don't you think that's just fantastic it, it, for a little boy? The kind of independence and courage yeah. at five? That's like a, at, I mean, that's character, totally character building. With, with a pellet gun. <laughs> right. It's insane. But, you know, it was the 80s, so they were just like, go outside. We want to smoke cigarettes and drink beers in here. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then I think I, I think I went on my first duck hunt when I was eight. Um, my uncle knew some dudes. They had this one of those permanent blinds. You know, it was probably like a duck club. I was too young to know, but we shot some ducks. Um, and then I moved to Arizona when I was nine. Um, my stepdad's job, he worked out of Princeton, New Jersey. They took him out here to work for Intel because Intel was kind of blowing up and I didn't know anyone when I moved here and it, nobody hunted. Like mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, no one never even saw. Now, did you move into kind of a big suburban area or was it rural? What, what kind of area did you move into? So I moved into a rural area, which is now the okay. largest growing town in the United States. Huh. <laughs> there used to be cornfields everywhere, farms everywhere. Now it's just houses, condos, restaurants, bars. It's, it's just like hopping over here. And I'm okay with it because everything's convenient. Like it's so convenient to live here. Like there's a grocery store. I can throw a rock at it. <laughs> like, yeah, right. um, but we moved, we moved here and I didn't, didn't, didn't really hunt until I think I was a, probably 25. Um, I went to big five and I bought a shotgun and I was like talking to someone. They're like, Oh, you should come quail hunting with us. And I was like, Oh, never done that before let's let's go went quail hunting i was like cool and was that mountain quail what kind of quail is that uh gambles quail so they're the guys with the little okay on their head. Quail. The, right right um mm-hmm. and real quick describe because i don't know arizona very well are you, are you talking you're in the desert in arizona what's the topography so like? when we were quail hunting yeah we were in like a wash desert saguaro cactus everywhere sagebrush okay. creosote uh, mesquite bushes a lot of, a lot of thorns and a lot of pokey stuff um, mm-hmm. but you just walk around, you hear them, you shoot them. They're really hard to shoot cause they're always flying away from you. So, right. um, you know how you have the topic of shooting a bird on the water. I will 100% shoot a quail on the ground <laughs> because then it <laughs> dies right there and I don't have to lose it in a bush right. or something like that. Cause you shoot them in yeah, the air, maybe. they run under a bush. You never find them. Um, yeah. so I, I, those guys moved away and I had no one. So I would go out by myself. Then I started shooting rabbits. Um, and then one day I was out by the river fishing. Actually, I was fishing. And it was real early in the morning and I, I heard gunshots. And I looked around. And I was like, what's going on? And I could see flocks of ducks flying over the river. And then I heard the shots again. And I saw the ducks fall out of the sky. <laughs> and I was like, can I hunt it at the My river? Mom. Like, So I got on. You know, I started researching it. Like, yeah, you can. You can hunt at the river. You just have to be a quarter mile from a dwelling. Don't shoot from mm-hmm. the road. Don't shoot across the road. Easy enough. So yeah, um, I went and hunted the river. Uh, first duck I shot was a hen mallard. Um, and I was like, wow, this is this is awesome. Still by yourself? Yep, still by myself. And did you have decoys or were you just out there trying to pass? No you? decoys. I didn't know anything about duck hunting at all. Just feeling it out. Yep. Right. And how, how old are you now? I'm going to be 41 in two weeks. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. 
For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Okay, I was thinking upper 30s. That's close. Um, you look, yeah. So, <clears throat> I started going to the... This is back when I didn't really... We were slow back then. So, I was only working two days a week. So, I was at the river like... Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. <laughs> a lot of because I was trying to still with no decoys, no or had de- you gotten decoys? No but... decoys. Okay. Um, they're just working the work in the river. Yeah, they would, they would land, and I was mostly jumping them. Um, mm-hmm. and I because this is a shallow water sandy river. Um, parts of it, yes, but there's a big eddy right in the middle. Just like you don't want to get caught uh, in that at all. Okay. Uh, it's called the Salt River. Uh, it's huge. Um, it feeds into all the other places that I've hunted before too, all the big reservoirs and lakes. Mm-hmm. Um, then one day I was Google earthing. I found two ponds, went to the ponds and it was like duck central. So many, so <laughs> many ducks. Um, someone had a, a like, okay, this is, this is serious now. Now we're talking. Somebody had a permanent blind built there. Um, they had one teal decoy. So I would wake up super early in the morning, go down there by myself, walk through the desert, yet across the river, walk through the desert with a headlamp, which is the creepiest thing you can do by yourself at three <laughs> in the morning. Cause that headlamp just gives that weird lighting and the cactus and there's all sorts of things making noise <laughs> out there. Um, yeah. Once I saw how chupacabras that, down there, you guys got chupacabras. We got javelinas that are very similar. <laughs> what's a javelina uh, it's a peccary it looks like it's a like a pig okay like this. a little small okay yeah yeah i saw someone shooting i think it was a meat eater shot something. yeah he probably did um i've okay. shot those too Go shot one of those with a bow um yeah. prior to my prior to my duck hunting because i was trying to do all sorts of big game hunting and out here it's really hard um mm-hmm. but I can, i'll tell you that later so i you know i go to these ponds i was doing pretty well and i realized how well that decoy is working for me so I bought some decoys. I and uh when I get into something, I don't just like get into it like a little bit. I go all in. all in. So I got yeah. I bought a giant decoy bag from Cabela's. I filled it with as many decoys as I could. This thing probably weighed eighty pounds. <laughs> and then I would put my had a, And this was your early thirties now? Or yeah. still late twenties? This was late twenties, early thirties okay. in the in that year. So I'd hike in there with this giant backpack, my gun my ammo put all the decoys out wait till first light um would never shoot a limit was never lights out but i would get green heads um gadwalls and the teal a lot of teal out here um and then those ponds just started getting blown up um Hmm. i actually put trail cams on them so that i could see what kind of ducks were going there and then i would just get all these dudes hunting the spot which you know it's fine i found it they found it um so i just it just became like now i have to wake up earlier so that i can be the first guy there and it's not easy you have to it's like a i think it was about a mile and a half almost a two mile walk in right so it wasn't easy then you got to walk out so we started researching other stuff and we found um like the reservoirs and the lakes and we went up there and now you said we are you hunting with some other people now um i have a friend 
lives in Alaska. He's from here. We grew up together. He would come down um, Christmas time and he'd be like, let's, okay. he, he was getting into duck hunting at the same time I was. He was living mm-hmm. in Utah at the time. So he was like, hunting Salt Lake. Um, so we would, he was like my first hunting buddy. Um, but I only had him at Christmas time. So we went to uh, one of the lakes out here and there was redheads, canvasbacks, mallards, pintails, widgeon. Every, nice. Everything was there. And it, it was just like a whole new world. But it was a lot better situation than that pond. Uh, yeah. The only problem is it was a giant body of water and I yeah. didn't have a boat. So mm-hmm. we used to have to walk across the river with the bag of decoys and it's real muddy and you get stuck in the mud. You're on your hands and knees, but never shot so many teal in my life. They, <laughs> they just, they love the mud up over in there, you know, and they just, right. Right. So, we, Green wings, cinnamon, uh, blue wings, what? All of them. All? Yeah. Nice. Um, I've yet to shoot a, a Drake blue wing, but I got the rest of them on the board. Um, the only other problem with this this lake is it's it's never the same any two days that you go there. It's different every right. single time. Cause it's a, the water level, you it's mean? It's a giant reservoir that feeds the river and yeah. the other three lakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really... Uh, thick with salt cedar it's this invasive species that came here um and it looks like i'm like i'm hunting in sticks it looks like tiny timber is what is like what mm-hmm. i call it like you know the, the dudes hunting the timber trees i'm hunting in like mm-hmm. bushes with no leaves on them um right so we were just busting our asses hunting this and i was like we need to get a boat so we got a john boat how big was that? How it was long a twelve was that? footer. Mm-hmm. The guys who sold it to me didn't write the bill of sale correctly, so I couldn't have a motor on it. So we would row, and I don't know if you've ever oh, rowed wow. a flat bottom boat. It is not fun. No, no. Um, so I I finally got a hold of the guy and he fixed it. So we put a trolling motor on it, but that's still just. This is a massive, foot, massive yeah. lake. It's massive. Um, and 12 foot on a massive lake is a death machine. So we we actually had our best hunt ever in that boat. Um, and it was the first time we ever shot a limit ever. To, um, and this is my, I, I recruited one of my friends. I was like, do you want to, so we had a dairy down the street from my house where you go um, hunt pigeons. You could also shoot ducks mm-hmm. there. They would fly over it. And it was a, it was part of a hunt unit. And I recruited him. He shot. Uh, the pigeons and the doves and he was hooked like immediately. And I was like, let's go come duck hunting with me. And he, yeah. and you think you're hooked hey. now with, with <laughs> pigeons. Let me show you something. Well, I, I think it, it ruined, it kind of, it kind of ruined it for him. Cause you can shoot those pigeons. Like we would go shoot them and the, shoot 300, 400 of them. And the yeah. farmer would come and say, that's it. That's all you got. Um, <laughs> I want them all. Yeah. <laughs> so I recruited like my now hunting partner. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's been going with me every time unless I go alone if he can't go. But um, 2020, we went in on a boat together. We got a 14-foot tracker, and uh, we have, a like, a long-tail mud motor on it, a backwater motor. Yep. So Because mm-hmm. this, this lake gets, like, this shallow in some spots, and we can bust right through all those sticks. We can go where nobody else can go. Which is so? Is there not many people with those type of motors down there? I've only seen one other guy, and he was from Iowa. And oh, I haven't wow. seen him. Got it made. I haven't seen him in like two years. So, oh, you've got it made. Um, some years I see no duck hunters, and some years I see a mm. lot of duck hunters. Um, hmm. This year, last year was really good. We had a really good season. Um, it kind of kicked up. You usually don't get birds until Christmas, but the season starts the last weekend of October and we are, mm-hmm. we're camping out there. We're out just because it's here. We, we're, we waited all year for this. Right. Um, yeah. But they usually don't show up until Christmas. Uh, you can go mm-hmm. shoot teal um, because you know, they're, they're going to land no matter what. Um, but the other ducks are, s- I'm the last stop on the flyway. 
Yeah. And, and are these birds kind of where are they coming from? Are they coming down through California or they're usually coming down through California or they come down from Idaho down Utah and then come over. Um, okay. Cause I watch the migrations and that's usually where they're coming from. Like, Oh, big storms coming from over there. Then we go down there and we check cause we have to go down there. Like, you know, once every other week, just to keep an eye, see if it's, if it's going off. Um, mm-hmm. But hunting here, aside from hunting a giant reservoir, is very difficult because we have no wind ever. <laughs> really? And if we do have wind, it's very dangerous because the lake turns into a choppy sea and we have a 14-foot yeah. John boat with a mud motor on yeah. it. So mm-hmm. um, we're usually hunting on stale water. So I have motion ducks. I I bought mm-hmm. that probably whenever they first came out, maybe 2012 or something. I use that thing. And how, how, how much effect did you feel like that had? Oh, a lot, a, a whole yeah. bunch. I used to have the traditional four and a line jerk rig. I hated it cause it looked too yeah. fake. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had that motion duck. Um, usually the spinner is hit or miss. They like, they'll see it mm. from far away and be like, already seen that not going near that because yeah. if i go near that i'm getting shot um yeah. so the birds are usually pretty weary um but sometimes we get real lucky this boat that we got has a big fold-up blind on it and i got grass all over it and we put um some stuff over the, the center to make it just look like a mound we put sticks in front mm-hmm. of it we really because you have to hide out here because they will see you even in all mm-hmm. those sticks um even the teal not the teal the teal will just bomb in i was yeah last uh saturday we were out there and i was sitting in in boat my friend took a walk because he he gets impatient and he wants to shoot something and two teal just bombed in right in front of me just landed and i you know go to get my gun and my phone alarm goes off (laughs) and the teal (laughs) the teal look back at me and i pull up shoot at the drake safety's on turn the safety off shot the <laughs> shot the hand it was just like so comical that like right. all the like i waited all day for this moment to be ruined by my phone alarm. yeah yeah but, that's how, of course it would happen right at that second mm-hmm. but we have a lot of like we have a lot of uh moments like that where it's like you waiting a long time and then sometimes you get a really great moment um mm-hmm. like when we did the limit uh, we were putting around millions of ducks came up out of the middle of the lake in all this, the salt cedar. And I said, we need to go in there. That's where they live. Yeah. We're going right in there. So we, we bushwhacked through all that stuff, found a spot to stand. We're standing in the middle of a giant lake. There was like a little sandbar and it was lights out on widgets. Never shot so oh, many widgets. Um, it was awesome. Nice. They were just coming straight in. So, you know, we were, decoying them and pass shooting them but it was i'm not a pass shoot guy i'm a decoy guy i want them like in front of me easy shot because i'm not a really good shot (laughs) my friend is really he's a really good shot and he'll take he'll take those those like wild shots i'm real conservative i want to like make my shot count i want to make sure it's effective yeah and with me i was like i I, i'm i I don't want to have to run after duck. Anytime I start, if I stretch my um, shot selection, I'm spending 30 minutes chasing a duck. Correct. So it's like, yeah, I love shooting them in front of me. That's what I want. But part of it is because I don't want to have to chase ducks and get exhausted. And it's like you're in the middle of a really good hunt. Next thing you know, you're spending 30 minutes running around after some duck because some stupid shot I took, you know? Yeah, it's really hard. That's a big thing out here too is our placement and where we're going to hunt are we going mm-hmm. to be able to retrieve this bird? So we have to do a depth yeah. check because the, the lake is just like this, you know, so you, you're checking the depth oh, a lot and you'll go, you know, motor by and thousands of ducks will come up. And my friend's like, we got to go in there. I'm like, we can't hunt in there. You can't, you shoot a bird. You're never going to find it. Like yeah. it's not worth it to me to, to spend more time. Why, why wouldn't you be able to find it? Because too much. It's so dense. Stuff, yeah. Or? It's so dense. Um, oh, it gets really thick. Mm-hmm. Like you can walk through it, but yeah. you're, you're sweating bullets. Um, 
And wow. Like I, I just put my waders on for the first time this season last Saturday. I was standing in the lake in shorts, Crocs. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and just like a, a thin, like, you know, the, the thinnest first light base layer. Uh huh. But it's yeah. still, it was 80 degrees last Saturday. You guys have mosquito problems and, bug, and bugs when it's like that or no? You know, not really. I mean, we get mosquitoes like in the neighborhood and stuff, but not out there. It's there's there's mayflies yeah. and stuff like when you're going back and the light they're just in the lights. Mm-hmm. But no, not really mosquitoes. Bees, a lot nice. of bees out there. <laughs> they'll they'll fly into the huh. the boat blind. But yeah, it's 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 tough. But when it's on, it's like so good, mm-hmm. and it makes it worth it. And I also just love being outside. I love just taking the boat out even if i'm not shooting ducks um yeah because it's it like it's really pretty out here a lot of like awesome sunsets uh your backdrop is mountains and sometimes there's snow on some of the mountains like in january but yeah it's it's tough to hunt but when it when it works it works you're still that little five year old with the pellet down out there, really. Yeah, it's what it boils down to. It is, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, it's just a reason to have an adventure, right? Yeah, I don't have to. It is a bonus for me to shoot a duck. Um, a good mm-hmm. day shooting ducks is like we might have five ducks in the boat. That's a pretty good day for mm-hmm. us. Um, sure. I've, we've only ever shot a limit twice. Um, mm-hmm. the, the second time was last November. We shot a, all these teal, and there was a big mud mound right in front of where we were and i was like they're great they're right on the mud we'll just pick them up when we're done and when i went to go pick them up i got stuck in the mud it was like quicksand and i was waist deep in my waders and i was like couldn't move so i had i unbuckled my waders and i was like you gotta get the boat over here so i have something to like that wasn't literally quicksand it just felt like the mud is so thick and it's like clay it was it's like silt, like, like, no, it was thick mud, like really thick mud. Huh. And because the lake had gone down. So all that uh-huh. water was like in that, that dirt. So yeah. I got myself out and we spent one hour getting 10 feet in the boat to get oh, into wow. the water, to get out. But we lived, we got the mud was <clears throat> everywhere. <laughs> like it was a lesson learned on that one yeah, kind of made your limit a little less enjoyable probably it did um we actually didn't get to get all of our birds unfortunately oh how, how disappointing um but there's a lot of coyotes out there and they could walk on that mud <laughs> um uh-huh. we've actually right, had right. uh we actually that day a hawk came down and swooped one of the dead teal right off the mud so um but i did i think i retrieved eight birds out of the 14 so um. That's right. You guys have a seven limit, don't you? We do, yeah. Um, That's nice. But all the other ones, like all the other rules, still apply. Like you know, two hen mallards, two two pintails. Mm-hmm. Um, you just get to kill one more. Yeah. Last year, I shot two pintails with one shot. So I turned to my friend and I said, "You just killed a pintail today." <laughs> <laughs> but so with with it sounds like there's a good number of ducks on that lake. Do you feel like that it's just a that maybe you haven't quite figured out how to master the lake, or is just the hunting circumstances are really difficult out there? Um, I would say it's what 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 reason do you think that maybe you don't have a little more success? I think it's a little bit of both. The ducks are they're late to the party, um, and the lake is different every single time you go there. Right. So they might be in one spot on Saturday and then that lake goes mm-hmm. down two feet and then they move somewhere else and they have what's like, you have to figure it out every on the fly every single time. Correct. And yeah, I'm okay with that. Cause it's, it keeps me learning. It keeps me mm-hmm. like figuring things out. You know, I'm always turning the gears to try to find where they are. And I love getting out, walking around, trying to find like, and I watch them in the sky. Like there's, there's a whole flock and they're going down right over there on the other side of that point. You go around to that. Mm-hmm. So we'll motor over there, but it's just impossible to hunt. And they know that. Yeah. So that's why they go there. <laughs> they just, yeah. it sounds fun. Sounds like a cool place. It's, it's amazing. And if you ever come, I'll take you out. 
It's, it's amazing. Uh, The more and more I talk to people about Arizona, I would love to hunt it at some point because it just sounds so different. There's, it sounds so unique. I've hunted a lot of different spots in Arizona. Like once I established my, you know, duck hunting personality. So I've been uh-huh. to many different places and it's all hard. You can go to the river and you can shoot uh, ring bills all day long. They're all, right. but I don't want to shoot ring bills anymore because they don't taste mm-hmm. that good to me. <laughs> um, yeah. I will shoot teal all day long because they're delicious. They're probably my yes, they favorite next to the mallard. Um, mallards hang out at the river, but they're hard. Uh, they're hard to shoot. Um, so we usually they're smart. In the, they are. The, these ducks are very smart here. Like, and what I've been doing this year is taking all my decoys and putting them where I don't want the ducks to go, so that they mm. will go where I'm at. And mm. it worked uh, on the last hunt. They, you know. They just don't like to land right in the decoys. Not all the time. Sometimes they will. Mm-hmm. Like those widgeons came straight in there. I've had mallards just yeah. land right in there. Shovelers. We got a lot of spoonies out here. Um, I bet you have some pretty ones. Yeah, they're real. Like those drakes look real nice. I'd shoot spoonie drakes all day long if they were all plumed out. Oh yeah, they are just absolutely gorgeous. The only time we ever see them that look like that is on the reverse migration, like April. We get them thick they hunt they they float in these giant rafts just mm-hmm. and you can you can get within 10 yards of them before you notice they notice that you're there because we'll just creep mm-hmm. and we'll walk through the sticks we'll just do one yeah. one two three we just you know well you, do, you probably get like one bird per shot because they just fly yeah. straight up they they have nowhere to go uh-huh. really because they're in all those sticks yeah yeah but i haven't shot i haven't got a redhead out of there have, we saw them last weekend actually which was cool mm-hmm. but it's it's hard, but it's still fun, and I'll do it any all the time. Does your business partner does he ever duck hunt with you? No, he's um he's not too like and he's he wants like the easy stuff. He he's the kind of guy who would go to like a duck club and right. you know just like he wants the guaranteed kill kind of thing. He's not really adventurous. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like all that stuff, but he would yeah. He keeps saying like, "Oh man, I gotta dust my shotgun off and you know go out with you." I'm like, "All right, whenever you want, just let me know. I'll take you out." But <laughs> it's a lot of work, yeah. so. But some people just thrive off of that extra work, and some people just don't. It's it's weird how different people are. Yeah, and there's not a right or a wrong. I mean, obviously, but it's it's just like there's a certain breed of us that that are just addicted to the adventure. And part of that is feeling like that you've worked hard and accomplished something to do it. Absolutely. It sounds like you're that way. Yeah. I like building little forts with my friends Mm. in in the desert and hiding from the ducks, (laughs) putting my costume on. Yeah, that's right. I think of it more as a uniform. Yeah. Okay. I like, yeah. (laughs) But it is a costume too. Yeah. I can see that. This is my uniform. <laughs> well, very cool. Are there other if top three places you would like to hunt? Sounds like the vast majority of your waterfowl hunting has been in Arizona. Have you ventured out of Arizona as an adult? Every year we all take a trip to Idaho. We go hunt Idaho. And it's always amazing. Greenheads. You guys do well up there? Every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That Pacific Northwest. I just, the more and more I hear people talk about it, it's like people who ask me my bucket list at this point, I think it'd be somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, it's Washington, Idaho, Utah, um, in some, somewhere in there, Montana. Um, I think that that's the, the area that I would like to go hunt. Yeah. Idaho is like, it's huge. And, you know, we hunt the Snake River like everybody else does. Mm-hmm. The Snake River is giant. Um, and everybody out there is real, like, you see a lot, there's a lot of duck hunters out there. Not like, I'll go to the boat ramp here and I might see one duck hunter. There's a line of dudes out there and everybody's real cool. Um, there's, you know, there's certain spots everybody wants to get to first. Um, but just, you know, you got to wake up early or get in the afternoon. But it's it's always yeah. fun. It's very cold. 
it's very cold. <laughs> um, so it's a, it's a little different for, for me, but it's, it's fun. Like my buddy from Alaska meets us there. One guy lives in Idaho. Um, he's kind of our like, all right, now it's time to come down here. So we all, mm-hmm. we all just meet down there and we hunt for a, a full week. We get an Airbnb down there, hunt for a full week and oh, then fun. come yeah. home. But uh, I usually drive trips like that. It's just so great. It's like you're, Oh, for the next week, the, my only goal is to hang out with my friends and duck hunt. That, That's a pretty good time. That is it. Go hunt in the morning, yeah. come back, make lunch, go hunt the evening. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun and it's beautiful out there. So top two places, if you could go anywhere to hunt, where would they be? I mean, your top two, I would love to hunt like Georgia. I want to hunt the timber mm-hmm. like real bad. Yeah. And I'd love to go back and hunt, uh, Pennsylvania as an adult. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, that's neat. But awesome. those are my top two, I think. Yeah. Well, that's been really interesting. I appreciate you coming on here and talking to us, sharing your hunting waterfowl career. Um, Happy to really, do so. Arizona is an interesting place, and it's more and more on my mind the more people like you I talk to. So it's very interesting. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share before we close this off? Uh, I don't think so. All right, man. Well, I appreciate with you being on Patreon and I appreciate you taking the time to come and talk with us. Those of you listening here that are on Patreon, hang on because we're going to spin the wheel here as soon as we close this down for the podcast listeners and podcast listeners. You can come join all this fun at patreon.com slash freelance duck hunting. Until next time, I'm Elliot and this is Will with me and you have listened to another episode of the North American Waterfowler Podcast. Through the Blackwater bayous and in the dark Louisiana night floats a duck camp, alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. From the Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest, me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.